0: Welcome to Harrison Church. Thanks for joining us this week. We hope that you enjoy this week's message from Pastor Elizabeth. Please stand for the reading of our gospel lesson. And I'll be reading this story from the Gospel of John. I'll be in the 12th chapter, verses 1 through 8. Six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany to the home of Lazarus, whom he had raised from the dead. And there they gave a dinner for him. Martha served, and Lazarus was one of those who was at the table with him. Mary took a pound of costly perfume made of pure nard, anointed Jesus' feet, and wiped them with her hair. The house was filled with a fragrance of the perfume. But Judas Iscariot, one of his disciples, the one who was about to betray him, said, Why was this perfume not sold for 300 denarii and the money given to the poor? He said this not because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief. He kept the common purse and used to steal what was put into it. And Jesus said, Leave her alone. She bought it so that she might keep it for the day of my burial, you will always have the poor with you, but you do not always have me. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. And let us pray. Gracious God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be pleasing in thy sight. We trust that even now you are accompanying us on our Lenten journey. We know that times are about to get tough, and yet we know that the power of your Spirit ultimately prevails. It's in the name of Christ we pray, amen. Amen. So I'm not sure that Mary was one of Simon Sinek's 34 million followers. Now, that presumes that you know who Simon Sinek is. Anybody know who Simon Sinek is? Anybody? Okay, so he is one of the most popular TED Talk personalities. Anybody know what a TED Talk is, right? Technology, entertainment, and design. design. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, Ideas worth sharing, was kind of how they first sold it, things that need to be said, ideas worth sharing. And so Simon Sinek became one of their most popular speakers several years ago, and he had a TED Talk, 18 minutes in length, which is what they're supposed to be, um, based on his book, Start With Why?, And he created this thing called the Golden Circle. We're going to go a little bit old school today. He created this thing called the Golden Circle. And his premise was that corporations, he's a corporate refocuser. How do you like that? One of his bios says he's a corporate refocuser. But anyway, corporations need to not focus simply on the product. People aren't buying products for the product's sake anymore. What we are doing is buying a message, we are wanting to be part of something. So, Cynic said, Cynic said, Cynic said, said. said, that was interesting. <laughs> All right. So, we have this three circles. These are the golden circles. Cynic said, <laughs> that used to be corporations started with what? Think the American railroad system. All they wanted to do was lay track. Lay track, lay track, lay track. That was their focus. That's all they were geared to do. And yet, when things adapted, when the Wright brothers did their thing, right, in North Carolina, not Ohio, North Carolina, when the Wright brothers did their thing, the railroads could not adapt to transporting Americans. If they had started with why, that might have been their mission. Their mission would have been, let's transport Americans across the country, but rather, very singularly focused, We're going to lay track. And they went out of business. They went out of business. He said they went from from what, we're going to lay track, to how, employing people, get them to do it, put them to work. But what they should have started with and what corporations need to start with today is why. People, again, want to be part of something. Think Apple. For the decades that Apple has been in business, Their design was to help us think differently, compel us to think differently. All of their ads, all, you know, what they were geared for was to transform the way we communicate, and so Apple never has, hasn't yet gone out of business, hasn't gone the way of the BlackBerry, right? They just keep developing because they want to help us think differently. It's why they are in business, and it's what people today are focusing on. Tell me why you're doing what you're doing. Why should I be a part? Why should I buy in, if you will? Now, I, okay, we're, we're going to finish up with Simon Sinek and the TED Talk here because, frankly, Mary had this going on 2,000 years ago. Mary got this millennia ago. I wish I had read it soon enough and had translated it into the TED talk and then I could have had 34 million followers. Mary thought of why. You saw it in the drama. You saw it, um, heard it in the scripture. Mary focused on why she did what she did. Why is it that she welcomed Jesus in her home? Why is it she would anoint Jesus with costly perfume? Why became the overarching theme of ministry. And for the people of God, we are compelled to focus on the why as well. It's what we do. Like I said, I wish we had come up with it 2,000 years ago, but it's what we do. Why are we in ministry? Why do we show up? Why do we act? Why do we serve? It's all because of our love for Christ. Our belief that God has called us to be part of the kingdom. The how and what are going to vary as much as we do. The how and what is about the different ways the Spirit has gifted us for ministry. But the why is what brings us all together. The why is what sustains ministry. Think of it again this way. The Apostle Paul wrote a letter. It took months, if not years, to get one letter to one church. Sometimes he wrote a circuit letter, and that certainly took years to get around to multiple churches. Can you imagine what Paul would do with Instagram? The how and the what changed, the why, is what unites us through the millennia unites us still today and into the future. So we're going to look at the why of what's going on in ministry today and try to understand how it is that the why matters most of all. Because it is what we get up in the morning for be part of what God is doing in this world why because God has called us to it why because the spirit has equipped it for us why simply put we love Jesus and so we enact this ministry to which God has called us to the why doesn't change just the how and the what. So what's going on in this text? Mary's family, Lazarus and Martha and Mary, have welcomed Jesus into their home. They're old friends here. As far as we can tell, Jesus has been with them on at least two monumental occasions, but probably more. These are his friends. And Mary welcomes him into, his ho- into their home, and Mary anoints his feet with oil Why? Because she loves him. And Mary spends, one translation says, more than a year's worth of money. Mary's sp- uh, salary or income. Mary spends more than a year's worth of income to anoint Jesus' feet. Why? Because she loves him. The anointing is the what? The, with the costly perfume is the how. Why? Because she wants to minister to Christ. She wants to be part of what Christ is doing and she seeks to be part of his salvation story, taking her role in the way that God has called her and the way that the Spirit has equipped her. So we have this going on, right? The why of it all. And what I want us to do for a few moments this morning is to look at the three main characters in this text and consider why it is they do what they do. And then perhaps that will help us to consider, reconsider why it is we do what we do. So we're going to start with Jesus this morning. I figure out why not start with Jesus. Why is he there at all? I mean, if the story is going to be written down, there has to be some significance to it. And so why is Jesus there? He's there because he's on his way to Jerusalem. And he's going to Jerusalem like any good Jew to celebrate the Passover meal. And so he's heading to Jerusalem, Passover is in six days, and on his way he stops off to have dinner with some friends. And Jesus is beginning this week that we now call holy, but it was anything but holy at the time. And he begins that difficult journey surrounded by some of those folks who love him the most. Why? I think it's because Jesus values relationship. And Jesus values friendship. And Jesus values the everydayness of life. Jesus walked and talked and went to dinner parties. And Jesus lived and moved among us again, not setting himself apart, coming to be with his friends, celebrating one last meal for them, showing us what it means to value each other, to value the here and now, to be called to the churchy word is fellowship, but it, it's just friendship, it's relationship. It's building relationships so that we can share the journey on the good days when Lazarus is raised from the dead and on the days that get really tough when Christ is put to death. Jesus stops off in Bethany just a few miles outside of Jerusalem. He could have gone on, gotten to his destination, and yet I think this story is told why? Why? so that the rest of us can get it too. So the rest of us can realize how important friendship is to Jesus, how important it is to build relationship with each other, how important it is to do everyday life with Christ and with each other. Why is Jesus there? Because he loves his friends. Why is a story told? Because we are called to do the same, called to be part of each other's lives, again, through the good times and through the bad times. So we have the why with Jesus. Why is he there? Why is his way on to Jerusalem? Of course, it's because he has this overwhelming love for humanity. Why? Because he wants to bring us back into relationship with with God through Christ. Why? Because we can't do it on our own. Why keeps the story moving and it compels the story forward from beginning to end. So we have the why of Jesus. How about the why of Mary? Why is Mary doing what she's doing? I love Mary because she is a woman ahead of her time. She's a bold woman who steps out of cultural expectations, societal norms. Why? Because she loves Jesus. Why? Because she has, thinks he has something for her. Why? Because the Spirit has compelled her to be part of what Jesus is doing in this world. And so she goes right over the line to be part of the salvation story. We met Mary Like I said, Jesus has been to their house several times. We met her first when Martha was slaving in the way in the kitchen and Mary was sitting at Jesus' feet being a disciple, remember? And her sister fussed at her. Every time I hear that story, I can hear my own sister. She let her have it. Get her up, God, put her back in her place. Jesus, tell her she needs to do what's expected of her. And Jesus says, I'm not doing it. Mary has chosen the better part. Mary's why, Mary is compelled by her why. She wants to be with Jesus in those moments long ago and in his final moments on earth. And I love the way she crosses the line. Why? Because she loves him. Why? Again, because she wants to be part of what Jesus is doing in and for this world. She gets the the expensive oil, as we said earlier. Why? Of course, because she loves him. But surely she could have washed his feet with soap and water, not cost so much. And then she gets... She lets down her hair again, transgressing a boundary, stepping outside of what is expected of her. Surely she could have gotten a towel or something to dry his feet, but she lets down her hair. Why? Because of her overwhelming devotion to Christ. And she does this with the oil and with her hair, not simply as a disciple, not simply out of devotion. What most scholars tell us here is that Mary has now moved into the role of prophet because Mary knows what's about to happen. And Mary knows what Jesus is about to go through and Mary gets it and again she is there. Why? To prepare Jesus for his death, which will come in just a few days. And she anoints him with this costly oil and dries his feet with her hair as she prepares him to be betrayed to be arrested to be tortured to be crucified and to go into a hole Mary knows what's about to happen And while she's got him still with her, all she wants to do is to embrace those moments and be part of his life even one last time. Why? Because she loves him. And because the Holy Spirit has called her to this moment and for this purpose inviting her, equipping her to be part of what Jesus is going to do for us and for this world. So we've got the whys. We're starting to get it. We understand that the why is what compels us. The why is what motivates us for ministry. The why is what sustains us day in and day out. In the joyful times and in the trying times. Why, according to Sinek, according to Mary, is the ultimate question for each one of us that brings us to Judas. I had to go there, right? Judas, why does Judas do what he does? Why is Judas willing to betray Jesus? I can ask myself that. I've been him. And my guess is you have too. Why do we turn our backs on Christ? Here we're told, John tells us exactly why Judas does it. He does it for the money. Judas is greedy. He's in it for himself. Judas wants to take that money. He's not giving it to the poor. He's going to take it for himself, keep it for himself, for his own advancement, his own benefit. Judas is greedy. And he acts out of that greed. He does what he does for greed. That night, he's doing what he's doing for the sake of that money that was spent on the ointment for Christ. In six days, he's going to do what he does for 30 shekels of silver. He is motivated by greed, motivated by his own place. He spent at least three years with Jesus. He spent three years doing the how and the what, Right? He's been involved in the ministry. He's been at Jesus' side. He's jockeyed for position among the other 12, I'm sure. He's got the how and the what. He has neglected the why, he has overlooked the heart of the matter because he's all in it for himself. Why does Judas do what he does? Why do any of us do what we do? That's why I think this entire story was told. Why it is we are asked to consider what it is going on. And the whys of Jesus and the why of Mary and the why of Judas invites all of us to consider the why of Elizabeth. Elizabeth. And the why of Nancy, and the why of John, and the why of Jim, and and the why of Kate? What is it we are doing? More importantly, why is it that we choose to participate in the kingdom of God? I'm going to invite you to reflect on that these next few weeks. We've got two more weeks in this Lenten discipline. Why are you here Why do you do what you do? For the love? For the importance of life in the here and now? For your call to be part of God's salvation story for this world? Why? Amen. Let us pray. Again, gracious God, we give you thanks for this day. We give you thanks for your love. We give you thanks that you have called, equipped, empowered, and now will send us out into this world in your name. Lord, we give ourselves for others. Why? Because we love you. In the name of Christ, we pray. Amen.